Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds uh, here for another conversation that you get to listen to. And thank you so much for listening to our dialogue. And Tracy, wow, last week I loved our conversation with Holly. And we get this opportunity to continue our dialogue with her. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris, for your friendship and our conversations. We are we, we get to do this, and I'm super honored. Today, we get to have our second conversation with Holly Goddard. She is the executive pastor at North Point in Alpharetta. Uh, but more than that, she's a friend, and she peeled back some layers and just very quickly got pretty vulnerable in our last conversation. And uh, off mic, we started talking about just some formative things, some truths that have helped to establish uh, her dependency on God and trajectory in life. And so I would love for us to go there. But welcome back, Holly. Hey, glad to be back. Well, off mic, we were talking about some formative things, some things that, that uh, you just said, man, these are, I've passed these along as I'm talking to, to young leaders, and they were formative. I just said, wow, you've got to share those things. So, boy, I'd love to dive into those. Yeah, I would love to. I'll tell you, um, let me tell you how this kind of re-solidified in my life. You know, when COVID hit, the church, it was challenging because we were rethinking everything we'd ever done. And I was in a position where I was kind of rethinking the strategy and leading the staff and change is hard enough. Change is really hard in a pandemic and change is hard in an established organization. And so we had some changes we needed to make and some shifts and whatnot. And whenever you're leading and doing those things, you kind of get uh, shaken to the core. You know, you've got to like go back and remember who you are and what God's called you to. Um, Otherwise, it's just too tempting to kind of lose your way or get frustrated or want to quit, (laughs) you know? So um, I had to pull out a sheet of paper that I do keep in my journal. And um, I just kind of crafted this one day when I was talking to some of our residents. We have a resident program, some younger leaders that have graduated college and want to do ministry. And so these are a lot of truths I've picked up along the way, and a lot actually through Richmond, Tracy. Um, I learned so much of this there. So the first one is that your inner life is more important than your outward ministry. And I get, I've, I just know that from my own life. I know that from watching leaders, you know, over and over again in ministry is that um, because you're pulling off an event. You're executing something every Sunday. You're owning programs. It can be really tempting to want to control outcomes or to think that you're even in control of outcomes. And um, it can you can get really hung up on how things are going outwardly. But nothing is more important than your inward life. I heard somebody say one time that uh, the cost of following Jesus is not forsaking your inner life. And it's so true. Like that has to be whole and established and submitted to God. And so I think that's just something I keep in my journal of like, how's your inner life? Cause that's way more important than anything that's happening on a Sunday or on a stage or anything like that. Um, the second one that I have clung to, I borrowed this from Pete Scazzaro, which 
you know, his book, Emotional Healthy Spirituality and Leadership, all that stuff, it's so good. Um, And I really clung on to the go backwards to go forwards. You know, with my story, mine and David's journey through recovery and all that, we had to do a lot of counseling, a lot of unpacking of the past, which is really scary. You don't really, you want to shut those books and close them, put them on the shelf and never look at them again. Um, but I've learned it's really part of the journey. It's part of the it healing. Is. It's yeah. God's really gracious and kind. He's just such a gentleman the way he leads us. You know, he doesn't push us over the edge or into all these scary feelings. He just slowly nudges us out of the darkness and into the truth. And so things like going backwards or looking at your family of origin and really recognizing the lies or the stories or the narratives, the vows. Some of us create these inner vows that came in our childhood and they were never truths that God gave us. And, um, and he can, he leads us through purifying seasons to really illuminate the truth. Then another one I tell them is um, that God can open any doors, ones that man cannot open. I mean, there's that scripture in Revelation that talks about that God opens doors that man cannot shut. And um, that's just what he does. You know, he's the great author of our faith and of our life. And it's so much better when we let him craft the story. And it is so tempting to try to manipulate or try to earn your way or, you know... I just, I try to let roles or opportunities come to me. And when they're not, I just try to, hey, Lord, help me take the low place until you open this door. Or if you don't, maybe this isn't something you have for me. And that's really hard, but it's actually so freeing. Just, no, hey, you're going to craft a story and it's going to be way better than the one I'm trying to write right now. How do you persuade yourself to do that, though? It's not easy. I mean, we're wired to push so hard. No. Well, I I usually learn from my own pain, you know? Like, I just keep trying to run through a door that is like, no, it's not opening. And it's like, well, hey, you know, I remember uh, one disappointment, you know, professionally that I went through and I was just at night, I would just go over and over it with my husband, like, I don't understand, and why didn't this, He's just like, Holly, the Lord must just have something different and better for you. And it's just so simple. But just him reflecting that to me, I'm like, yeah, why am I rehashing this over and over when when it is from the Spirit, it just flows. You don't have to force it. It just flows. But yeah, I'm human like everyone else, and I usually run into a couple brick walls before I <laughs> go back to my notebook and go, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I should just follow That's where God's stuff. going. Mm. And then this last one, I got to tell you, my time at Richmond really taught me this. It opened up this new, I don't know, part of my relationship with God and um, to learn to love to be with Jesus. You know, I am kind of an achiever by nature. Um, I have always had a lot of earning narratives. You know, sometimes sports does that to you or, I don't know, some of us are just wired that way. And um, it's so tempting to apply that to your relationship with God. Like, I thought, man, if I follow all these principles, then my life's just going to be blessed. Or if I just do this, do this, do this, then the trade-off is this, you know, and that's just not how grace works. That's not how God works. And so when those narratives they begin to come up short in my mid-30s of like they weren't working for me anymore 
I, uh, in Richmond, I really learned a lot about being instead of doing, which is really hard for me uh, to think that's enough just to just be, just to be with God, just to experience his love. But I really had to learn what some of those rhythms look like. The, um, the message calls it the unforced rhythms of grace. That is God's kingdom. That's his economy. That's the way he does life. And it's so counter to mine. And so I've begun over time to, to want to embrace shifting my m- mindset to learning just to love to be with him, to let his life fill me up. And um, I pray this for myself and for young leaders all the time, that I would just grow in the confidence that he loves me, that all my confidence Mm. would just come from his love. Because I think when we get that, of like when we actually can just start to grasp how wide and long and high and deep his love is, that's where our confidence comes from. That's what love is. And, um, that's the journey. Well, it's Christ's life in us because I find that when I know I'm accepted, when I know that I don't have to perform, I mm. don't have to impress you, um, that I'm loved not if or loved because, I'm just loved, period, uh, then I can relax. I can become yeah. the, that person God made us to be, Holly. And it's, uh, it's the most freeing thing in all the world, but it also frees me to love other people similarly. You know, it's where I so don't, true. Yeah. And there's probably no part of life I enjoy more than kind of this unsheathed kind of relationship where I'm not trying to impress. I've got no one to impress here. Uh, I'm, I do have someone uh, who, who wants, I, I want to please him, but I'm not trying to impress. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying, you know, because if I do that from a place, you said it earlier, a place of insecurity, where yeah. if I'm trying to push my accolades or push my, you know, this is what my resume says, and well, mm-hmm. I, I ought to this. No, 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 no. It's by grace we've been saved, Paul would say, through faith. It's a gift of God, Tracy. It's not, you're not, God doesn't do this because you deserve it. No, thank God I didn't get what I deserve. But when I get that at that deep level that you're talking about it's like i accept myself and i love myself therefore i can actually love you yeah now i'm free now i'm free to love you yeah Hmm. you know you changed course a bit and went i was interested to know you went to richmond after you had a couple of you already had a master's degree uh so were you why in the world would you choose to go yeah. to Richmond? But it, it sounds like it was life changing and, cha- oh, and it was. It was such a great experience. I just still cherish that time, and I learned so much. Um, I kind of realized after doing children's ministry, you know, and and really, me and David really walking through unpacking our stories, learning how to get free from the the shame that we had been carrying. Um, after being on that journey, I thought, I want to do more of this. And I think I want to be in ministry for longer. So I would love, I'm always kind of been a learner. And uh, I thought I would just love to learn. And so I heard about Richmond. I was really attracted to it because of the spiritual formation right. piece. That was brand new information to me. I had never really been introduced to that concept. And I just remember I was looking in a couple of different seminaries. And then I got on that 
website and I looked at that and I just felt such peace. And I was like, I think this is my next step in the journey. Mm. And uh, it really, it was such a great experience. I think I learned a ton of, you know, academic things too. Like church history was so such a cool class. Like everyone should take it because it's amazing that the church is the church of our ups with humans in it, you know, but yeah. like, <laughs> it so is. It's, you're just like, you know what? God's yeah. got this thing. We made it through the middle ages. We made it through Rome. Like he's in charge, <laughs> but um, all that was cool. But learn like really learning to slow down, to create rhythms, mm. um, understanding the Holy spirit more. I was just, it was a really cool experience. Mm. You said a couple things that I wanted to go push a little further in. How yeah. do you, in fact, cultivate that inner life? What are some practical things that, that you do now, Holly, post-education, some things that you yeah. do, just personal disciplines, for lack of a better word, or holy habits that yeah. you pressed in that help remind you of just, again, enjoying the presence of Jesus? <laughs> You know, I would say before Richmond, I had like a really kind of strict way I would like read the Bible and try to pull something out every time. And like when I didn't have a morning where I did, I was just like, well, that wasn't a good quiet time. You know, like like I would judge. <laughs> it's crazy what goes on in my mind sometimes. But um, really, the irony is the spiritual disciplines that the Lord really showed me were rest and play. Like, isn't that so awesome that he's just like, that. hey, you don't be so serious all the time. Like, my life, my kingdom, it is full of joy. It is full of sweet surprises. I have play, like, this childlike nature is a way that you can experience me. And when I began to see him like that, I just really began to see what a good father he was. And so it sounds crazy that my disciplines are rest and play, but they're the ones that are just crafted uniquely for me. You know, I have, you know, of course I love the scriptures and I love worship, all those things too, but I had those in my routine, but rest for me, you know, Sabbath, I would like do it, you know, but begrudgingly almost like, I guess I can't really, you know, okay, don't be productive. And now I try to think, Hey, what would it look like? to push into my relationship with God. Like when I frame it that way, hey, oh, maybe that's a walk and just pray. Maybe that's a walk and listen to a podcast or some worship music and just learning the freedom that it is to be with Him and doing something mindless with my children and enjoying the good gifts that He gave me. You know, that's what some of the rhythms look like for me. And it just gives me a bigger perspective of who He is. How do you resist the drive that's in you to pursue those still waters that God's calling you to. Mm-hmm. I love that you said still waters because um, Psalm 23 is just, it's just my favorite verse because I, the whole chapter, um, because I picture that life with God as like sitting in those green pastures by that still water. I think what happens to me is when I get really wound up, I get to the point, you know, where I'm not doing well. And then that reminds me, oh, go go be away with God. And when I have those and when I recognize, you know, those afternoons of just quiet with me and the Lord, I have a place. There's a place called Daniel Prayer Garden um, down from where I live. It's just some grounds that some people have made, and I'll go spend a couple hours there just with the Lord. When I get back in that rhythm, I say, hey, this is how life is supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it takes me getting out of the rhythm to remind myself. Right. right. You know, like, no, this is life. And in this place, this is where I don't become the center of my world anymore. And God gets back in yeah. the center mm-hmm. and everything's aligned again. That's so good. I, I, I am very concerned that we have um, just tightened our lives so much with the seat belts of our purpose and our goals and our vision that we never stop, take off those seat belts and just walk with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And those, none of those things are bad, but they're bad yeah. when they're the center of your life, when yeah. they're the drive force of your life. But the goal of ministry was never, how many people can we get in the building and how many cool programs can we, it was always, hey, look, there is a savior. There is a heavenly father being in relationship with him. It's good. That is life. And when we get out of balance, we certainly can't lead anybody there. Mm. You know, I, it kind of drives me back to this whole uh, premise that if I can't lead myself well, I can't leave other people lead other people well. And um, I've really got to continually have some a handful of people in my life who love me enough to tell me the truth. And when I get out of balance, um, you know, as as I'm listening to you talk about the, those special places, uh, I, we're we're in a, a church office right now, uh, set up. You know, for a little recording studio, but five minutes from here, there's a there's a park that has uh, mm-hmm. a two mile perimeter uh, walk space, and quite honestly, that's why I, I I made the decision to change my career back in 2020, where I was went from higher education full time and church part time to church full time and higher education part time. And uh, but I did that walking around this park, and you've mentioned I would listen to podcasts sometimes. I'd listen to jazz sometimes. I would be quiet. I wouldn't talk. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was so life giving. Uh, and now I walk at a fairly brisk pace. Uh, but I have met Jesus so many times when I just take the time mm-hmm. to walk. Uh, and I, I'm so hyper that I, I think that probably uh, it's hard for me to pray when I'm sitting. So if I walk, it just makes. Even when we pray, we have a Monday morning prayer meeting at the church, and I I pace my little part of the sanctuary. I've kind of staked it off. You don't don't get in my space, right? But but it really <laughs> is about. It's it just allows me to relax. Yeah. That's all. Uh, and it, I just would say to anybody who would listen, don't try to make a formula. Find your pace. Find your place. Find what works for you, and go yeah. there. Whatever it takes to get there, go there. Yeah, that's oh, so this good. So good. Having these conversations with you, uh, Tracy and I appreciate you. We love your heart. And any oh, final you. comments that you would like to give to our audience? Just some takeaway lines from you. Yeah, I would just say, um, hey, if you're in ministry and whatever that means, someone pays you on staff, or you volunteer, you just love the local church, you just love Jesus. This is a good and important work, uh, mm. I, and all God needs is a willing heart. That's all He needs. Like, he doesn't need a lot of talented people. He just needs dependent people that are willing. And so um, I would just encourage you just to spend time with him alone and then just show up every day to wherever he's leading. And I love that your podcast is called um, The Next Steps because that really is the whole life. What's your next right step? Just asking the Lord what that is and letting him lead. Oh, that's so good. And that's our prayer that God will guide us. 
and help make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Fill my heart.